did I tell you I love my church? <laughs> I love Sunday mornings. I don't have to be here. I get to be here. It's a privilege for me to get to be here. Uh, I know for my, me and my uh, and Morgan and myself, we love to get what we get to do here at the, at the quarry and on Sunday mornings and with worship leading. And I want to say thank you to the, the pastoral family for um, giving me a place. Um, uh, that's one thing I admire about Pastor Jordan is that uh, he's not consumed with just, it has to be just one voice. Now, it's good to not let too many voices into your life, but he also understands that in the body there's many voices and there's many voices that can help. So I thank you for it very much, sir, and for the Jacobs family for uh, believing in me. So thank you so much. Well, I told you what I'm going to teach on, and you're probably thinking, Angie, you're going to have Steve sit down on the keys? No, I like keys to play, so it helps me. Helps me on Wednesday nights. Thank you, Steve. Isn't he doing a great job? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking about today learning to hear the voice of God. And I will tell you, I'm learning, and I'm growing in it, and I'm becoming more accurate and more keen and more sharp. And that's the goal, right? That's what we all want, is to grow in something. You don't want to be the same person you were 10 years ago, or even yesterday. I want to grow. I want to get better. I think that's just the natural progression of life, is to grow. You know, I heard uh, Dr. Hattabal recently teach about uh, fellowship. And it was such an awesome message that Morgan and I uh, made a series for the youth um, and we talked about from fellowship flows every issue of life. Really, when you break it down, if you need to know about anything about your life, if you just spend time with God, he'll let you know. You can figure out. But on top of that, I'm thinking hearing God's voice will help you with every issue of life. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to jump right into the word of God because if I get up here and just gave you a bunch of opinions, I would just recommend throwing it in the trash. We're going to... We're going to preach the word. We're going to actually read scriptures this morning. I'm going to teach out of John 10, 27, out of the Amplified Classic. I actually really like that translation. It says, the sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The sheep that are my own. Did you know that we're sheep? <laughs> you know, God uses the reference shepherds and flocks and sheep because that's how he sees us. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. He's our provider, our protector, everything that we need. The sheep that are on my own hear and are listening to my voice, which shows me that from, from the start, we're actually listening, we're hearing, not just kind of wandering around, maybe getting it right, maybe not. And it says, and I know them and they follow me. I don't have a real super long time. I want to obey my time given this morning. So I want to jump into a couple points that I have today. I want to talk to you about how to hear God's voice. Number one, develop an ear to hear his voice. Develop an ear to hear his voice. I wouldn't call myself a shepherd. I do have kids and chickens. So, yes, kind of I am. I don't have sheep. But I, uh, in preparation for today, I read a little bit about sheep. You know, I went to the local library, grabbed a big old manual about sheep. No, I just Googled it actually. So hopefully it's right. Um, sheep learn to hear the voice of the shepherd from a very young age. I mean, the moment they're born, um, the shepherd starts speaking to them. Now there's times when a, a sheep doesn't want to listen right away, or a sheep doesn't recognize that sound of the voice. So I think this is awesome. You guys have seen these probably in your grandma's house hanging up. They got the picture of Jesus picking up the sheep and he's walking it holding it over his shoulders. It says that's what shepherds will actually do. 
and the shepherd will talk to that little lamb that's on his shoulders while he's talking to the rest of the sheep so that sheep, the little lamb, starts becoming used to his voice and say, okay, you know what? Yeah, I, I will follow you. I've been a little bit of a rebel, haven't we all? And uh, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to follow you. There was a list of pros and cons that I read about sheep, some of the bad qualities and characteristics, some of the good ones. I thought this was interesting. God compares us to sheep. He says he's a shepherd. One of the greatest qualities of sheep is they have excellent hearing. Huh. Excellent hearing to hear the voice of the shepherd or the voice of our father. You know, I bet right now, if anybody in here, if your mom or your dad or your grandma or your aunt, Dr. Jacobs, Pastor uh, Jordan, were to say anything right now, you'd be, someone would, oh, I know. Oh, I, I recognize that voice. Oh, I've heard that voice, right? Because we spent time getting to know the voice. You know, you hear people say, oh, man, those musicians, you know, like we have uh, Daryl up on the keys and Phil, some of the guys that have been here for a while, Philip and Ronnie, people say, oh, they've got an ear for music. How do you think they got that, though? They weren't just born with it. I know some people are gifted and maybe naturally gifted with some things. They, they've logged in some hours getting to know their instrument. Did you know that you can log in some hours getting to know God's voice? Just as we spent our whole life hearing our moms or dads or grandparents, we recognize their voice. A lot of us can remember something our parents have said to us, whether good or bad, from many years ago, right? And we can still hear that voice. Does that make sense? But all of this comes with practice. You know, I, I started a business. I own a painting business. And... Um, this summer will be three years that I launched out and did that. And at the time that I decided to open up a business, naturally not, not a lot of things were lining up on <laughs> that this would be a great idea. Um, I, had, I had a job that I was at and uh, I was doing well there. Uh, I did enjoy it for the most part. But I felt God's leading and I was still just like everybody, just trying to learn how to hear God's voice. You know, my wife wasn't, she's not working. She takes care of our kids, which is a full-time job, and then some, trust me. If any parents can say amen to that. Uh, but uh, she was home, and people say, okay, your wife doesn't work, no income there. Uh, if you launch out and try this painting thing, it could fail, right? So you're looking at all these indicators like, this thing might not work out. But I was learning to hear God's voice the best I could, and I knew that I heard him. I had fam a couple family members. I had uh, them on both sides, in support and not in support, let's just say. But this, starting this business has been the greatest blessing to our life. One of the best things that have happened to us. And the proof is in the fruit. I don't need to try to, to uh, get anyone to believe me. The proof is in the fruit. If you just look at it, you can see the thing is thriving. So that's just one thing I've been learning to hear God's voice on. And I, I stepped down into it, and it was an awesome thing. It has been an awesome thing. You know, with learning to hear God's voice, I've heard Dr. Jacob say this before, there's no overnight wonders. You're not going to hear this message and wake up tomorrow and God says, here's your 60-step plan for the rest of your life. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You know, the Jesus that we all say we love and uh, partner with and serve, he grew in grace, the Bible says. He grew, and trust me, if he grew, then we can definitely grow, and I know that's true for me. But there's not an overnight wonder um, but what I like to do when it comes to situations like this, if I've maybe slacked or I'm not maybe where I should be, I like to look at it and say, okay, I recognize where I'm at. I'm not where I should be. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. But let's not just stay here now. When, I, when we're done talking about this today, let's not just, well, that's where I am. I'm just going to be okay with it. 
In 10 years, I'll still not have heard from God and missed out on these things. In the next 10 years, once you hear a message and and you are now responsible for those things that you have heard. And when you're responsible for it, you have to do something with it. Let's look, let's look at this. John 10, 4 through 5 out of the Amplified Classic. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never, on any account, follow a stranger, but they will run away from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger or recognize their call. Let's look at it out of the Passion. Does anybody love the Passion Translation? My goodness. I mean, it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's, Passion Translation is just, it's oily. You, get, you, get, you know what that means? It's oily. It's got some oil on it. It's so good. Let's look at it out of the, of the Passion Translation. It says, and when he has brought out all of his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him. For they are familiar with his voice. How do you become familiar with someone's voice? Take time getting, setting yourself up in a position to hear them. Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of us in here could pinpoint exactly when Dr. Jacobs or Pastor Jordan speaks because we have taken time. We've logged some hours in this room before getting to know their voice. Does that make sense? Uh, Let's uh, read the last part of it. Um, But they will run away from strangers and they will never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Sometimes I get a little, I wonder though, I know a, a lot of people, and this is no condemnation towards you, no shame, but we can recognize the voice of the people that we see physically, but a lot of times Christians have just this big question mark over their head. Is it God? I don't know if it's God. Is it God? It might be him. It might not be. And some of these people have you know, been saved their whole life, which shows me, and hey, I'm not trying to bring it down on you, but it shows me you haven't spent time developing to hear that voice. You could name anybody, but when God speaks, it's like, ah, it might be, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. I'm still kind of there. I'm still trying to learn how to follow that leading. You know, speaking of hearing things from God and hearing his voice, you know, the greatest thing I think, and I've said this before to the quarry, one of the greatest things I think I've ever heard from God, and you're thinking, is he going to say, like, you get a new house, or he's going to give you this much money? The greatest thing I heard from God is actually before I was on the worship team, I was like over here. It's just kind of my spot. This is I claimed this little real estate right in here. And uh, there was a time in my life when I there wasn't um, someone saying a certain thing to me for a long time. I needed to hear it. And in worship, God just said to me one day, I'm proud of you, son. And that that meant so much to me because, you know, that there's certain things in your life that you need encouragement on. Right. And words to me, uh, when it comes to the love languages, words to me are really important. If you say you're going to do something, if you don't say it, if I do a good job, (laughs) you don't tell me. My wife does a really good job at that. Um, But words are important to me. And not being told that for a long time uh, from, you know, maybe different people in my life, the greatest thing I could still even think of is when he said he was, I'm proud of you. That meant so much to me. It really did. So we're talking about how to hear God's voice. And point number two, you need to make room for him. Here's a a way, let me tell you. In short, if you want to ensure (laughs) that you won't hear from God, just fill up your schedule until there's there's no room left. And that was just called a day. 
just take that plastic bag that we call our schedule and just start shoving it full of stuff. Just keep shoving it until it's overflowing. And then you ever, you ever shove stuff inside a plastic bag and holes start poking out and your life is full of holes. There we go. We can go home after that one. Um, (laughs) But you need to make room to hear him. Anybody ever heard the word distractions? (laughs) Our lives are full of them. Would you agree? (laughs) Sports for kids, uh, going to 25 family events on the weekends, uh, vacation, social media, you you name it. You know, distractions can be good things and bad things. You could be doing too many good things, if you you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you just want to say, yes, 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 I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. I've been there. Actually, pastor asked me a while back, hey, I think I want you to take a step back from a couple things uh, just for your health of yourself and the health of your family. And I really appreciated that because I think maybe he could understand or see that I was becoming a little uh, distracted in my life. But talking about distractions, I asked God, God, one of my biggest distractions is my kids. Can I cut them out? <laughs> I've really spent a long time talking to him about it because I was like, I just, you know, I just want to just cut them out. Just, just let's just scoot them on out. If you have kids uh, or have had kids, you, you understand what I'm saying. I have a house with three young boys right now, and uh, I don't know if it's been quiet since the first one's been born. It's like, God, you're telling me I got to get alone with you and spend some time, but like, when? Like, are you going to like literally shut their mouths for me? Like, please. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, I had a routine. I had a routine. You know, routines can be really fresh or they can be really boring. I had a morning routine with God that I just love. It's awesome. Get up early, um, make some coffee, uh, and just spend some time with God. I really, really love that. But then kids came along, and uh, my, I was just waving to, at, to my routine as it went out the window. So see, I'll catch up with you in a few years. But here's the thing. Um, as, as awesome as a routine is, I've been seeing different times in my day now that I'm like, oh, I never noticed that time where I can actually connect with God. So if your excuse is, I'm trying to make room for him, but I've got kids. Listen, I do too, and I've figured out a way to do it. Just ask God to help you, and he'll show you a gap in your schedule. Probably the gap in your schedule of the four hours of Netflix. So, you know, I don't have time to hear from God. It's like, oh, but how was your show? Oh, let me tell you exactly what happened. I don't even need to ask you if I'm right, because I know. So talking about cutting things out of our life, but you know, what if we got to the place to where we pushed out other things to make room to hear God's voice? Why is it that God's voice, that our word time, that our prayer time, that our worship time, why is it that it gets, hey, I'll catch up on you with you on Tuesday. Why, why do we do that? I'm wanting to get to a place where I push out the distractions completely, push them all away. I won't push my kids away. I love them. But, uh, to where I can connect with God, to where I can get time alone to hear his voice. You know, I was thinking about this, talking about hearing God's voice. Do you understand, do you realize that one word from God, one, could change the trajectory of your life forever? One word from God. I'm not talking about um, accumulation of many words. One word from God could change your life right now If you were headed this way, that one word could just tweak you a little bit, and all the goodness of God is really right down that path. But one word from God. You know, I also believe that one word from God could determine success or failure in your life. 
when God speaks something, but you're like, God, I don't really like the way you presented that. I don't really want to move to go start a church. I don't really want to go talk to my neighbor because they cut their grass funky and I don't. One word of, from God could determine success or failure because if you listen to that thing he told you to do, he only does that to set you up for success. He's not trying to go, go do this so something bad will happen. He's not ever like an instigator. Like uh, I used to be really bad instigating my brothers and stuff to like fight. I made my brother get inside the goat's pen one time, and, and they, they chased him down, and my dad found him holding the horns of the goat on the ground. And I was just like, oh, I, I don't even know what happened. I took off. I actually got on my bike and ran down the road. So, <laughs> But one word from God could determine success or failure in your life. I believe it. I'm convinced about it. You know, speaking of that, one word could change the trajectory of your life. Dr. Jacobs has a story a long time ago back in California when he, when he was in that bathroom, and God said, Michael, come home. Where would you or I be? We don't worship man. We worship God, but God uses men. Where would we be? Pastor Jordan accepted the call at youth ministry or, uh, 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 to become a youth pastor and now a pastor of a church way back in a summer camp, long time ago when, when God told him, you're going to be a pastor. You guys have heard him tell that story. Where would we be? without a pastor we give the glory to God we know that we don't have to say that in this church I mean it's good to say that you understand what I'm saying we don't worship people around here but we value the men and women of God and the leaders in our life where would we be without someone listening to that voice and doing something about it I don't know where I would be and I don't want to know I wouldn't want to find out <laughs> You know, we're talking about the way uh, making room for God. You know, I was thinking a lot of people expect God to speak a certain way. And I think you really limit God when you do that. God, I'm only going to listen to you if I see a cloud in the sky in the shape of your face. Or when I throw the pancake batter into the skillet and it becomes a cross. Oh, God, that's you speaking to me. <laughs> listen, I, I'm... So <laughs> Hey, those times are cool. Like, you're right. Those times are cool. But it's not God. <laughs> I'm just, okay, maybe it is. But I'm not going to go off of a cloud in the sky that looks like Jesus. Oh, what does it mean? Probably nothing. It's just there's going to be rain or something. And it just happened to form like that. But a lot of us expect God to speak a certain way. But he tells us how he speaks. Let's look at 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12 out of the New Living Translation. New Living Translation was my favorite. And then the passion came along. So I had to. Uh, spend more time in the passion. So it says, go out and stand. This is God talking to Elijah. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood that the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. God's showing us something. There's been times when, where I've been somewhere and I've kind of something spectacular happened. But I believe the large majority of the time, God's speaking to us in a still small voice inside of us. You know, people, oh, you actually hear the voice? Go, well, not with these ears. You know, the spirit man, the real person, like the, the real you, has ears and can hear the voice of the Father. You, you understand that? But he says he speaks in a still, small voice. A lot of people don't like 
the still small voice because that requires a it requires a little bit of work. It requires a little bit of planning to be able to hear it, to cut things out of your life, to put yourself in position to hear his voice. A lot of people like the easy way. Well, God, if you're going to speak to me, speak to me. If not, I want, you know. Here's another fact that I saw about sheep. Sheep run away from loud and clanging noises. I'm talking about God's not in the, at least not all the time, in the big loud noises all the time. People are always looking for that. But they know how to hear the voice of the shepherd in a still small voice. You know, there might be some people in here that haven't heard God's voice in years. We go to a church, we come to this church that teaches us how to hear the voice of God and that it's not for any specific person other than everybody in here. And certain people maybe can hear better because they've actually positioned themselves, their life, to hear. But I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're a person here and says, you know, I really haven't heard the voice of God in a long time, sometimes if you think back, what's the last thing God told you? Maybe you don't like what he told you to do. Maybe you don't like the way it's presented. Maybe it was something that makes you really uncomfortable, but he's trying to get you to a place to where you're going to grow and you're going to say, I see what that was for. If you will repent of that, maybe not listening to him and not following what he said, I totally believe that he'll be speaking to you. And he wants to speak to you. And he is speaking to you, but you have to get in position to hear. That's my last point. How to hear God's voice. Keep an open dialogue. It's something that I didn't do a great job at for many years. And I'm, and I'm not reached perfection. And I've not arrived. And I'm not preaching from a place of, I've figured this out 100%. You all have it. I don't, that's silly. I don't, I don't talk like that. I'm growing as we're all growing. But keep an open dialogue. I want to tell you to take the limits off of God. You've taken him and put him in this little box and put a little lid on it and tied it up. And said, That's pretty nice, isn't it? God wants to get out of that box. He can't do what he wants to do for you when he's in that box. A lot of us have put a time limit on God, right? So we wake up in the morning and maybe we slept in 10 minutes late. Oh, God, we only got eight minutes, so come on, do it. Your, your word says you can do a quick work, so let's go. Or, uh, hey, God, uh, you know, the newest episode of Mandalorian's coming on, and it'd be really great if you could speak to me in about T minus 12 minutes, uh, you know, because, you know, Mandalorian's coming on, and I got to watch it. You know, everybody's watching it, even the church people watching it. So uh, you got 11 minutes now, so could you? Or, uh, hey, God, I got an appointment, uh, a reservation at the Asian buffet today, and I got to get going. So if you could hurry up and say something to me. So we put limits on God. We put God in a box and put time limits on him, right? We do it a lot. And, and there's times where I do it often and then times where I'm really good about not doing that. But again, we're growing together. We're getting better all the time. So this is the last thing I want to close with. You know, talking about keeping an open dialogue. How do you do that? Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.17 out of the New King James. This is a church scripture. If you haven't heard this and you're new to church, a lot of church people use this. Pray without ceasing. Okay, that's cool. What does that mean? Let's look at it out of the NLT. Talking about keeping an open dialogue. Never stop praying. Okay, how could I? That doesn't really make sense. Literally, I have a job. I have kids. I have uh, responsibilities. I can't actually never stop praying. Let's look at it out of the passion. Make your life uh, a prayer. Does that make sense? 
make your life a prayer. It doesn't mean you just walk around and someone's trying to talk to you about, oh, I'm trying to talk to God, and you're just talking. That means any time in the day, if God wants to speak to you, you have trained yourself to listen. It's simple. Make your life a prayer. Everything that you do, do it as unto the Lord. But keep an open dialogue. I have noticed in the past maybe year that I've been very conscious of that. I have noticed uh, that just the progression and the progress that I have made as a result, and it's really helped me. Uh, my goal in life is to become more keen, uh, more sharp, more accurate when hearing God's voice, and I know that uh, it's working. I know that it's been successful, and I'm just going to, hey, like I said earlier, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, I'm going to keep going after it. So I think that's all I have today. So come on, we're going to make room to hear his voice. What's my first point? We're going to develop an ear for him, and we're going to keep an open dialogue. And I promise you, God sees the effort that you're, that you're trying to make, and he wants to speak to you. He's speaking right now, if you can just listen. So thank you all for listening. Pastor Jordan, I hope you invite me back sometime. And uh, Morgan's going to talk to you all now. <laughs>